welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about our cell phone use, and we're going to discuss whether we master our cell phones or do they master us. This podcast has been on my mind because of two fairly recent posts at Chally's blog on the use of our phones, and I recently read the book 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Reinecke, and it was a challenging read, really one that probably needs to be read twice or at least yearly on our list. So today, I'm going to share with you some of what I took from that book to get us started. I'm going to move on to a couple thoughts on Tim Challey's posting about him going back to a dumb phone. And then as we close today, some questions for us to ponder from a quiz Tim Challey's posted online called, Are You Addicted to Your Phone? And then I'm going to finally close with some ways that I'm desiring to implement change in my cell phone use. And really, I took it from the book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Tony Renneke had some great questions at the end for kind of personal contemplation and determining what changes we should um, or could be making in our lives. And I'm gonna kind of share my list with you. And then again, as always, all the stuff that I'm sharing with you, I'm gonna link to everything. Um, So you can take the whole quiz again on your own time. You can listen to me, but then you can get on Chally's blog and take the whole quiz on your own. And then even if... um, the questions that I'm going to share from Tony Renneke at the end of the post. I also am going to share a link to a post where he has those shared, but I really recommend getting the book if you can or if you haven't yet. So, and also, I have an announcement that I'm going to be taking a short hiatus from the podcast, just a short one, but I'm going to be back with the normal weekly podcast sometime in early July. And my hope is really to just enjoy a bit of summer and not be producing so much content. It obviously takes some time. And currently, I'm working on content for the next Homemaking Ministries conference coming up this fall. It's my favorite online conference, and I hope that you'll join us again if you have in the past because it really looks like a neat lineup and some fun sessions. It's a little bit different. Jamie changed it up a bit, so it should be fun. And if you haven't joined us yet, I hope you will. I hope you'll check it out. And there'll be more information and details coming on that throughout the summer and then obviously into the early fall. And also, um, we're working on a series on marriage for the podcast in the future, And my hope is to get my husband, because I said we are, to get my husband on the podcast with me so we can do a few together. I'd love you all to, quote, meet him. I love listening to him and learning from him. And the Lord has given him much wisdom. And truly, being around him makes me want to be more like Jesus. So I'm so thankful to get to have him to be able to share here with you all, too. And then also I'm looking at when this marriage series starts is that that would be my startup series in July. I'm not definite on that yet, but that's what I'm shooting towards right now. Okay, so I got all that out of there. So so as we get into today's topic of our phones, Tim Challies had a question on his blog post. I shared a little bit. I kind of worked it around in the intro, but this is what he specifically asked at the beginning. He said, do I own this phone or does it own me? Who is the servant and who's the master? So hold on to that question for me as we walk through this together today. 
So I know for me personally, I have a love-hate relationship with my phone. There's moments, there's days and moments that I want to go back to a dumb phone. So I can understand Tim Chelly's post sometimes. On those days when I'm in that mode, I find myself deleting all my social media apps from my phone and I feel good for a few days, but then I add them on back slowly, one at a time. Because the reality is, is, as a blogger, it's easier for me to manage things going on here at the blog through the convenience of my phone, because I could do it wherever I'm at. So it's a very vicious cycle for me that I struggle through. And on my love days, when I love my phone, I'm really thankful that I can FaceTime with my grandbabies and get to see pictures of my family far away. It's been a really fun way to keep in touch with loved ones that we would hardly see or have any communication with because of the distance. I love to see pictures of friends with new babies, and I just appreciate the access to so many articles and thought-inspiring reads and quotes shared by others. And I also appreciate my phone for the use of music and easy access to podcasts and sermons. Now, I my husband teases me because when I'm actually using my phone like a phone, he can't believe it because it seems like I probably do more of that other stuff than I do actually talk on my phone as a phone, which is kind of sad. Um, he's um, he's a salesman, so his phone is used as as a tool for his business. So he is on the phone all the time, and you know, um, having the access to email is convenient. The texting is a newer thing for him, where customers can text now, and that's that's a love hate for him too, because that's kind of challenging. Um, but I would like to be better at being to, that. I could truly say of myself that I am the master over my phone. So reminding myself. Everything we've been given in life is a gift from God, even this smartphone of mine and the technology behind it. So another question for us to ponder is, what does an undistracted life look like? Because I feel at times that I can be addicted to distraction, but God desires me to be focused on Him and on the needs of those around me. So how do we find balance with those that are right in front of us and those that really, in some ways, sometimes, I know as a, as a blogger that we're ministering to at times online in our lives, what is the balance there? This is my struggle. It may not be your struggle. I'm really sharing my struggle with you today, but I'm sure there's others out there that deal with these same issues. So when my distractions are unchecked, a lot of times um, I know I can, or we can probably find ourselves ignoring those people right in front of us, our own families, our spouses, um, our neighbors. We cannot ignore those that the Lord has put right in front of us. I'm usually pretty good with my phone when I'm with others, but my problem comes in when I'm alone or I find that there are things I should or could be doing, but it's so much easier and a little more interesting and entertaining to pass through time scrolling the Instagram or the Facebook feed. Have you found yourself doing this and think, it's two minutes, I'm just going to look for two minutes and see what's going on. And then you realize 15 or even 30 minutes have passed by. So our phones have also given us this need for immediate approval. Long gone are the days when we send a letter by snail mail and we have to wait for a response. Now we can send a text or an email from anywhere and wonder why someone hasn't responded within five minutes. We can sometimes get a little aggravated, like, hey, I sent that. Why didn't they respond to me yet, right? But (laughs) as believers, we're already approved in Christ. I don't need to be concerned with likes on a post or how many followers or comments I have or how quickly someone responds to me, whether it's a post I put up or a text message or an email or anything or affirms me, right? 
I am free to live to please an audience of one. I don't need to feed the desire to be affirmed and validated by others. others. And I need to offer others grace. I don't know what's going on on the other end of that phone. When I send a message or a text or whatever it is, they may be in a challenging conversation or it may not be a good moment. So no different for me when I don't respond right away. I need to be good at offering grace to others when they don't respond. Um, Tony Renicki says in his book, um, a quote that I have from, he says, the smartphone is causing a social reversal. The desire to be alone in public and never alone in seclusion. So we don't always take the time to just be still, to just sit in silence and think, to just sit with really nothing to do. We don't have to be doing something. If there's a moment where there's nothing going on, maybe we're waiting in the car to pick up our kids from somewhere, we can actually just sit in silence and not pick up our phone and not listen to the radio, but just be still. We can pray during those times. We can meditate on a current scripture passage that we've just read. We don't have to be entertained or um, or driven to just pick up that phone because that desire is there. So um, in Tony Renicki said in his book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You, he shared that we are losing literacy. He says, as a culture, it's factual that we don't read very much anymore. And the reminder here is that as Christians, we're to be people of the book, of the Bible, right? It's the longest and most complex book we'll ever read. And it's a book that needs, that needs, and it is designed to be read without distraction. It's, um, it's meant to be meditated on and to be thought-provoking. If you find yourself reading your Bible less, maybe it is time for a digital detox. You can set limits on the use and times of day to use your phone. Maybe there are certain apps that are a struggle for you that you need to delete that are time takers. We all have Bible apps on our phone, but it has been proven that we retain more when we read our physical Bibles. Though we may tend to read less, we retain more of it. And in our digital Bibles, we can tend to read more and maybe more consistently it's stated, but we don't retain as much. So it seems that we don't tend to linger and meditate as much on digital texts as we do with our physical Bibles. I thought those were interesting facts to keep in mind as we spend time either digitally or physically in God's Word. Another reminder is technology will not solve our loneliness, and it can make us more isolated. I love FaceTime, but I can't make true physical eye contact through a computer screen. I know for me, it doesn't bring the same satisfaction or even closeness of seeing my grandbabies in person versus talking to them through a screen. I'm thankful for it, no doubt there, but it's not the same as physically being with them and holding them and touching them and hugging them and looking at them. So there is also um, the challenge with sometimes how harsh people can be to one another online and their comments and disagreements. You know, whether we're online or off, as Christians, we're called to cultivate a heart of love and gentleness towards one another, to look out for each other, to look to the best in each other. We can forget someone's feelings and almost sadly, when it's online, it's almost like our minds forget that there's we're talking to another human being made in the image of God that we're speaking to there. And we're not putting their needs above our own in that moment if we're being harsh in our tone. Um, lots of, I mean, you know, the typical question is, if I were in person, would I say this to them? And would I say it in that same way if this person were in front of me? So some other areas that Mr. Reinecke brought up in his book that we're convicting is how we are bombarded with news information, but we need to be careful to not allow ourselves to not feel the weight of them 
and process them rightly as believers. You know, whether you're in your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed, you can see something about a school shooting and scroll to the next post and it's a cute cat video and you find yourself watching it and we just lost the weight of what had just been going on. Um, the other hope is that we're not texting and driving. This was a this was a good point to keep in mind if you find yourself doing this. Um, he made a point that this is not loving our neighbor when we do this because we could hit and kill them and that's not loving them. This was a new one for me. I'm a little slow with terms, but he said, you have a problem with FOMO or F-O-M-O. Um, I spelled it out for people like me. Just it's the fear of missing out. He challenges us in his book to live embodied, quote, embodied or with our mind in the physical world and not the digital world. So the whole book here that he meant, it's not meant to villainize smartphones. And we know there, there's many benefits to them. And that's not my point here either, because I, I really enjoy my smartphone. So, But the hope of him sharing and my hope and sharing some of his thoughts here is to explore how smartphone technology has and is influencing and changing us and that we wouldn't be blind to it, but we would be aware of it and we would be aware of the impact it has and we'll have in the future to our children. So what are some ways our smartphones have changed our interaction with others? These are good things to ponder and think about. Again, always my favorite word is intentional because if we're not intentional on things and thinking through them, there won't be change. We need to be intentional. So even I want to shoot a shout out here for my fellow bloggers out there. Has the digital content you've been creating and consuming been edifying and glorifying to God? Have we exchanged real community for virtual community, I have to be careful of this one, authentic relationships for easy relationships. My priority is still my real community here, my immediate family, my church family, my friends, my neighbors, and my online community comes secondary to that. So many times, I may not get to responses and things online or comments or emails because not that that's not important to me, and please note, I read every single one of them, and I'm so grateful, but I don't always get the time to respond like I would like. So know that if I'm not responding, it's not because I don't see it. I just didn't get time at that moment or that week, And but know that it is always read, and I'm so grateful for it. And so many of you are prayed for more than you can realize when I get those comments and emails and things in that I add you to my prayer list. So I'm praying for you, ladies. So, but as the world, the world expects technology to solve its greatest problems, right? But as Christians, we, especially even as bloggers, we have the opportunity to innovate and to speak about technology in such a way that points to a greater creator, right? Capital C, and a true savior, so this book was really a helpful read to think how this little device can disrupt our lives and hinder us in ways from pleasing God with our lives. And two takeaway questions that help me and give me much to ponder from the book are, what is the undistracted life and what is the undistracted life for? So good things to ponder there. I'm going to put those in the show notes. I hope you will think them through in the context of your phone use and really all of life. What is the undistracted life and what is the undistracted life for? Our phones don't have to change us for the bad. And in fact, they can change us for the good as they help us behold the glory of the Lord. Second Corinthians 3.18 reminds us, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So moving on a little here, Tim Challies had an article on his blog sharing how he recently 
switched to a dumb phone. I really found it quite interesting to read. I'm going to link to this article too. I just want to share just a, a little paragraph from it. He said, for some time, I had been battling a growing conviction that my phone had taken an outsized place in my life. This manifested itself in a number of ways, but none more concerning than how it had come to fill up nearly every single one of life's little cracks. In almost any spare moment of standing, waiting, or pausing, I'd unthinkingly grab it and start tapping, typing, and swiping. In almost any context of boredom, I'd find that it had somehow materialized in my hand, almost as if by magic. It's like I couldn't help myself. It's like I just didn't want to. This little glowing rectangle had become my near constant companion, and I had to start asking myself, do I own this phone or does it own me? Who's the servant here and who's the master? He also said, I love my phone when I own it. I hate my phone when it owns me, and I just haven't figured out yet how to be the one who remains in charge. So the whole article is worth a good read. So do take a peek over there, grab that in the show notes and head over there and give it a quick two-minute read. So then in another article, he shared about a smartphone compulsion test. And this, you've probably seen this on Facebook or through social media at some point. So he says that... Um, that Dr. David Greenfield came up with this. And Dr. Greenfield founded, didn't even know this existed, founded the Center for the for Internet and Technology Addiction. And um, Dr. Greenfield's intent was to draw attention to the way that these little devices can dominate our lives. So it's a really helpful test. And Tim Chelly's adapted it a little to speak to the concerns of Christians. So as I read through the questions, Keep track of your yes and no's, and then it'll give you a little scoring guide at the end. And again, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. So if you're not ready to do this now, you can check it out later and take a read and do this on your own time when you get some quietness to ponder. But the first one is, do you often find yourself spending more time on your smartphone than you realize? Do you find yourself spending more time texting, tweeting, or emailing as opposed to speaking to people in person? When you're bored or have nothing else to do, do you find yourself unconsciously reaching for your smartphone? Has the amount of time you spend on your smartphone been increasing? Do you wish you could be a little less involved with your smartphone? Do you regularly sleep with your smartphone turned on, under your pillow, or next to your bed? Do you find yourself viewing and answering texts, tweets, and emails at any hour of the day or night, even when it means interrupting other things you are doing? Do you text, email, tweet, or surf while driving or doing other similar activities that require your focused attention and concentration? Do you text, email, tweet, or surf while walking? This one, I'm going to stop and just add a little commentary. My husband and I joke that when we've gone to Disney World on a vacation, the most dangerous place to be is in Disney World because everybody is walking and looking at their phones and they're not paying attention where they're going. So that's quite interesting. Okay, the next question is, do you feel your use of your smartphone decreases your productivity at times? Do notifications from your smartphone sometimes interrupt your attention during personal devotions, family devotions, or church services? Do you feel uncomfortable when you accidentally leave your smartphone in the car or at home, have no service, or have a broken phone? Do you use your smartphone while eating meals with others? When your smartphone rings, beeps, or buzzes, do you feel an intense urge to immediately respond to the notification, whether you're checking for texts, tweets, emails, updates, whatever that would be? 
Do you find yourself, this is the last one, do you find yourself mindlessly checking your cell or smartphone many times a day, even when you know there is likely nothing new or important to see? This was a frightening test. Okay, so according to this Dr. Greenfield, the scoring system went like this. He says, if you score one or two, you're probably doing just fine. And he also has a note here, but you probably actually don't own a smartphone. If you score a three or four, you're leaning toward compulsive or problematic behavior. And if you score a five or above, he says that becomes almost certain. If you score eight or higher, you probably have a pretty significant compulsive attachment to your phone. And Tim Challies is saying, my guess is at least half the people who honestly answer these questions fall into that camp. And sadly, I feel I fell into that camp here. Ooh. So I'm going to link to this article in the show notes so you could spend some time with it and ponder through each question a bit deeper. All right. So I'm not quite ready to give up my phone obviously because I have a compulsive or problematic behavior, right? Or whatever that is, that's kind of scary. But I do want to be the one to be mastering it and not having it master me. I want to be intentional in the proper use of my phone and work through areas where I'm distracted to eliminate them. So I have some work to do here. And with the Lord's help, I know that I can do this. So in 12 ways your phone is changing you, the last chapter gives some really practical ways to ponder how we can live smart phone smart, all right? Um, there's three questions questions that um, Tony Renicki asks us in this chapter, and they're questions for us to be self-critical of our own smartphone use. The, the first one, these first three, before I continue on here, are number one is the ends. Do my smartphone behaviors move me toward God or away from him? Number second is our influence. Do my smartphone behaviors edify me and others, or do they build nothing of lasting value? Number three is servitude. Do my smartphone behaviors expose my freedom in Christ or my bondage to technique? Now, we're to be reminded here, we don't need to be digital monks, okay? But a question he gives us that we must constantly be asking ourselves is not, what can I do with my phone, but what should I do with it? So... As I said, there's a list of good questions to see if you should ditch your smartphone in this chapter, and they come before this part that I'm going through. But as I work through them, I'm sharing the desires, the changes that I desire to make with the help of the Lord in the use of my smartphone personally. So these are my boundaries, not yours. I'm going to link to an article online in the show notes that has his questions from the back of this book. These are the ones that I personally work through that I'm sharing with you here. So you can work through them on your own if you desire to. This is a great book to have a physical copy of to pass along after you read it to your spouse or a friend. Um, It's just a good one to have on hand. So here's some limits. And I'm still working through these, but this was my initial as I was working through this podcast and pondering through this. I just love that when I get convicted about something, I can just get online and share it with you all so I can help you all to be convicted with me. So here's some limits I want to implement. Number one is turning off all notifications on my phone except for my actual phone calls and text messages. Um, Second, I want to clean out and delete all my unused apps or ones that are just time wasters that really serve no purpose. Um, Number three is I need to set the do not disturb feature. I have an iPhone on my iPhone, so I won't have any disturbances after a certain time of the evening. 
and then until a certain time in the morning, so there won't be any notifications or anything. And I do have a feature on my Do Not Disturb that I can utilize. I have a list of favorites, so it's my immediate family member. So if there's an emergency, a call would still come through during this time in the middle of the night. That's important for me. We still have a house phone, so I have some comfort there, but we've talked about um, getting rid of our landline. So for now, um, I still have that option that I, I don't necessarily need my phone because family can get a hold of us on our landline still, which as I'm saying that, sometimes I kind of like that. But so for me, my do not disturb is probably going to be from about 8.30 to 9 o'clock at night to about 7.30 in the morning. That kind of gives me time at night to wind down before bed and read, and it gives me time to get through my morning devotional without having notifications coming in, even calls or text messages. Um, my next one is not feeling the need to respond immediately to texts or emails. I need to get better at this. And I've had periods where I do it and then I don't do it and then I do, but I need to be consistent with this. I want to really, especially emails, to just respond to them twice daily. I want to get better also at not responding to texts, like a text message when in the, and when I'm in the presence of someone. And I'm pretty good about not doing this with other people. But really, I need to be careful to not even do this around my husband when we're together because that can be a really easy relationship to neglect. You know, if we're communicating and we're talking about something and I pick up my phone because a text comes in, that changes things because I know it does the same for me when he does that with his phone. It's like I I know that all of a sudden I become second and that phone has become priority. So I'm doing the same thing there to others. So I need to be cautious of that. So in the morning and after my morning routine is finished and I'm at work in my office, I'll check email and then I'll check it again around four in the afternoon. So then my whole evening can be free from dealing with email until the next day starts again, which would be great. And I just need to be consistent in dealing with my text messages when I have free moments and I'm not in front of others. Um, Number five, my fifth thing that I worked through was Um, we already keep the phone away from the dinner table and I'd really like to keep on that one. That's a pretty easy one for us to hold to. Uh, I I really though, honestly, as I say that, I need to probably just um, turn it off during dinner so we're not hearing notifications or things coming in, calls coming in. Um, Number six is I want to get better at turning my phone off when I'm out with others. And it's not that I'm picking it up, But if that notification comes in and I can hear it, or I wear one of these Fitbit Charge 2s on my arm, so the notification, if I I get a text message or a call, my arm will kind of vibrate and it'll sort of show me what's there. Well, that's automatically distracting. So I may not actually be answering it, but I see it. So my attention goes to that, even if it's for a split second. I I don't want to do that anymore. um, It's distracting. So it's just an area I need to get more consistent on. I do keep my phone turned off at church. My husband usually leaves his in the car at church. Um, I do keep mine with me at church though, because sometimes after church, I need to check the calendar. Sometimes if after service, we're trying to schedule a time to get together with someone. So I do keep it on me. It's probably not a necessity. I could write it down and address it on the way home. Not a big deal. So that's when I still need to probably work through on my own a little bit. And then my last area I want to work out is just having detox days where, um, you know, really, and I say this is phone, but it's not just phone for me. It's computer too. It's just being online because I'm not always consistent with a Sunday Sabbath detox for my online stuff, but I'd like to start doing that. Um, I want to set really one morning aside a week to not be on social media at all. 
and get a little bit better at taking maybe two times a year a week-long Sabbath away from social media. And that would be the time that I would delete social media apps and things off my phone and that my phone is just a phone. So I need to schedule my blogging around that though so I can have a week off from posting on those weeks. And I do use a post schedule. I love SmarterQ. It has just been such a help to me. So my quote presence can still be online, but I don't physically have to be online. So things are posting and going up to various social medias, but I don't have to be doing it. It's just happening. Um, I'm trying to think what else, ladies. Really, um, as I'm talking through that, so... I, I really try not to spend a lot of time on social media for my blogging except to post and check comments. So that's an area, again, I just want to remind you, don't ever take offense if I don't respond to a comment. But if there's something you really need me to respond to or you're searching for me, especially ladies on Facebook and our Facebook group, tag me in the comment. That's an easy way for me to see it because sometimes the notifications, and you all know this, can get overwhelming that I don't get to every one even. But if you tag me, I'll usually get to see that one. So that's good to know. Um, so let's kind of close this together here. What about you? Does your phone help you or does it hinder you from the life you want to live? Are you comfortable with the use of your phone? And are there things you'd like to change? And if so, what are you going to do about it? And again, my list is not going to be your list. You need to see if you even need to make changes. You may not, all right? But I do encourage all of us to pray and ask the Lord to search our hearts on the use of our cell phones. And I'm going to just throw in there even our social media use because that all kind of works together here. It's not always as simple as just setting rules because true change always begins in the heart, right? So we need to seek the one capital O who is the true heart changer. And we need to ask ourselves, what is the best use of my smartphone in a life that desires to honor the Lord in everything? You know, technology is a wonderful tool and I appreciate how how it increases my productivity and how we're able to connect online. But how can we use our phones without succumbing to its negative effects. That's where I'm going to leave us today, all right? So even in the sometimes messiness of technology, we come back and are reminded that Jesus is enough always. So my friends, thank you for your time today, and I'm going to be back here at the podcast in early July, just a reminder that I'm going to be on hiatus for a bit here. So Take some time to catch up on old episodes that you haven't listened to yet. I'd love you to do that. I'm going to still be um, having blog posts go up weekly and updating on social media. I may not during this um, kind of hiatus period be as active on social media. So again, be patient with me. If you've contacted me and you need me to respond to you and I haven't immediately, I will get to it eventually. And again, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. It really helps other Christian women to find it. And it has been a huge blessing and many have found it because of your lovely reviews and your ratings. And I'm so thankful for that. So my ladies, have a great start to your summer. And I'm going to see you back here on the podcast soon. Have a blessed week, friends. Mm-hmm.